outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. Hey guys, this is Mark Kenyon of the Wired to Hunt podcast, and I'm here today to introduce you to something new. As you might be able to tell, this isn't a regular episode of the Wired to Hunt podcast. In fact, you're listening to the very first episode of a bonus mini-series that we're going to be running over here over the next few weeks that we're going to be calling Wired to Hunt's Rut Radio. And here to help me with this new project is Wired to Hunt contributor and now producer of this mini-series, Spencer New hearth. How you doing, Spencer? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm excited that we're getting closer to November. Yes. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about this podcast, especially kind of in relation to that whole time period of November, because I don't know about you, but when I think of that month, I think about the rut. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this has been a really strange set of interviews that we've done. Um, you know, I reached out to, to five contacts that spread across whitetail country from Minnesota to North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I opened it up asking them all the same thing on a scale of one to 10. What would you say the buck activity is right now? And I heard everything from a seven down to a two. And I don't think there's any other time of year that you would get that kind of response, uh, besides mid October. Yeah. The, the dreaded October lull, but let's, let's rewind a little bit because you came to me earlier this year with this idea for this kind of mini series related to the rut um but but fill fill our listeners in what is this what what is this all about what are we gonna be hearing today what are we gonna be hearing over the coming weeks so i think every fall um me just like any other you know archery whitetail hunter is is dying to hear reports of what's going on in the woods and we want to have our thumb on on the pulse of you know what the whitetail are doing and uh this is one way uh for whitetail hunters to confirm or deny what they're seeing in the woods. And so each week I'm going to talk to four or five or six, uh, you know, whitetail hunters that kind of spread throughout whitetail country and, you know, get, get a sense of what they're seeing in the woods and hopefully, uh, help us piece together of, of what exactly is going on right now. You know, are they hitting soybeans right now? Are they really nocturnal? Are they working up scrapes? Um, you know, are they seeking and chasing it? All that kind of information that can make us better hunters. Uh, you know, it's it's great for that guy who maybe hasn't been out in a couple weeks and uh, you know needs to pick a stand to hunt and, and he's not sure what you're going to. But he's hunting North Dakota and he just heard somebody from Minnesota on the podcast say that you know they're seeking and chasing really hard right now, and you should be hunting aggressive. Uh, you know, that's just one example of, of 
what this podcast is is intended to do. I love it. I'm excited about that because I think there's there's a lot of value to that. As you just said, you know, if you're not able to be out there, you want to know what's happening in your region. And what I like about what you're putting together with this series here is the fact that you're going to be talking to people all over the country and getting different perspectives and updates from everywhere from, you know, the northeast down to the south. Like it could be we could hear someone from North Carolina, we could hear someone from Tennessee, we could hear someone from Wyoming or Maine or Michigan or all the way across the board. So I think no matter where you live and hunt, you're going to be able to hear some updates throughout these coming weeks that are relevant to you. And hopefully you can take some of these things you hear here and say, okay, maybe that's what's happening near me. I should try X or Y. And, um, you know, as you know, Spencer, this time of year, whitetail behavior and activity changes so dynamically over this next kind of six week period. I mean, things are going to go from zero to 100 pretty fast here. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's important to know where we are on that acceleration and, and be able to then apply the right tactic to the right time. Um, so I think that's what we're going to be able to achieve here, don't you? With this time of year, it's so strange because I don't think there's one overarching theme, you know, that fits the whole country. Because I was talking to, uh, you know, our listener from North Carolina, Haynes Shelton. And, uh, you know, I was completely agreeing with what he was saying. And then I would talk to uh, Trent Siegel from Kansas, who's much closer to my home state of South Dakota where I'm, I'm hunting. And uh, I, I felt it was very different than what I was seeing. And so it's it's just a weird time of year. Uh, but it's still really cool to, to hear those reports and how guys are using tactics right now to, you know, help their success rates. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be having a new episode every week for at least the next six weeks, I think. And we're going to be covering this type of stuff, right? We're going to be talking to, like you mentioned, three, four, five, six different guys from across the country, getting their updates. And that said, you know, we shouldn't beat around the bush, I don't think, Spencer, because I know we have some great stuff to cover today. So so who are we talking to today and what regions are they covering? We start off in Minnesota with Tony Peterson. He's a gear editor for Bowhunter Magazine. Uh, then we have in Kentucky, Josh Honeycutt with Realtree.com. In North Carolina, we have editor of North American Whitetail, Haynes Shelton. In Illinois, we have bowhunting.com's Justin Czar. And then to end the podcast, uh, we talk with Trent Siegel of Heartland Bowhunter in Kansas. And Trent just had an amazing hunt last week. Um, and, and we'll get to that at the end of the episode. If you haven't seen what happened yet, go to Heartland Bowhunter's Facebook page and, and check out uh, his recent pictures. Oh my gosh, that deer is insane. <laughs> incredible, incredible buck. Yeah, he was he was excited to talk about it and uh, just, uh, you know, how he went into the hunt. He said he was literally 100% confident he was going to kill that deer. Um, and it, it's just so different than when I talked to like Justin from Illinois who said, you know, this is just terrible right now. He told me it's a 2 out of 10 for hunting. And so it, it's just completely different. It's still exciting to hear what tactics these guys are using and, and just how different it can be from one state to the next. Definitely. Well, I'm excited to hear because I haven't got to hear from these guys yet. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the way this is going to work is we're going to jump right into that first interview and then we're just going to go, you know, one, two, three, four, five. We're going to hear them all and then that'll be our show, right? Yeah, absolutely. We talk about four or five minutes with each guy, uh, you know, get a pulse of what's going on and then it's on to the next interview. So we'll wrap up the whole thing and, you know, around 30 minutes with these guys. Awesome. Well, this sounds like an exciting new series, Spencer. I'm pretty pumped about it. I know you are too. And I guess without further ado, let's just get right into it. 
All right, we'll get to the first caller. But quickly, before we get our first update, as all Wired Hunt podcasts are, this episode is brought to you by Sitka Gear. If you'd like to learn more about Sitka Gear's technical hunting apparel, you can visit sitkagear.com. And now, on to the show. All right, and joining us on the phone first is Tony Peterson. Tony is a notorious public land killer and gear editor for Bow Hunter Magazine. Tony, now I know you just spent some time hunting in your home state of Minnesota. On a scale of yep. one to ten, how would you say the buck activity was? Um, I would probably go with about a five. A five, it so was, it was okay. And, and so, is that kind of what you expected for this time of year? Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't bad. I ended up seeing two bucks in the last couple of days that are both pretty good ones. Um, and, and some other buck activity. I actually saw my first chase of the year, um, I think Saturday morning. I saw two bucks going after a doe pretty hard. Uh, but it's, you know, this, this time of year is just up and down. If you get the right weather, it can be really good. And if it gets hot, like we just got it, it you know, it, it slows down a little bit. So it was, it was probably about what I expected. And, and so before it got hot, uh, were you seeing a little better activity or about the same? I was seeing better activity. Um, with that big front that came through, um, you know, it was it got real windy here. We were fighting 30 mile per hour winds, uh, but the deer were moving. And you know, once it once it came through, and those temps got about, uh, you know, we were sitting at about 12 degrees above normal. Um, it it shut down for me pretty good. I still saw some deer, but not not the way it was. And what type of an area, you know, have you been hunting lately? Are you pretty aggressive right now? or? Is- I was, you know, I'm, I'm hunting staging areas. I'm, I'm kind of trying to get between bedding and food sources um, in the mornings and the evenings. Um, you know, and I tried to hunt water a little bit when it got hot. and It just, it just didn't play out for me that well. Um, but I'm kind of, uh, I treat Minnesota a little differently because it's my home state. And I'm, I'm working on some really big bucks. So I'm kind of playing it a little safer than I would in some other states. Um, but it, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of transition routes for me right now. And so outside of the bucks, uh, you know, with, with the does and, and even the younger bucks, are you seeing them, uh, about the same activity level as those, uh, bigger deer you're targeting or is it different for them? Uh, you know, you see more of those deer cause there's more of them out there. Um, but the, you know, the activity in general was just okay. Uh, I mean, I saw some does, I saw some young bucks, um, but it wasn't, yeah, I never had one of those sits where I was seeing deer left and right, and it was just on fire. You know, I mean, it was pretty typical mid-October type of stuff. So, sure. And what what about for sign right now? I mean, are you are you seeing some scrapes popping up or or some rubs oh, being active? They're laying down sign everywhere. Um, I I took a little walk on Sunday afternoon just to check out some areas that I haven't been hunting, and I found so many rubs and scrapes. Um, they're really, really laying down some sign hard. So it's getting pretty cool out there right now in the woods. There's a lot of, a lot of signs showing up and, you know, we're, we're getting pretty close to when it's going to get really good. And and how can you use that to your advantage right now? Uh, you know, if you find a, a couple of good scrape lines, um, you know, is there anything you can do that to help you kill a buck right now with that? Um, you know, scrapes are good right now. Um, and they will be for, you know, a couple more days. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at rubs. Because rubs tell me an awful lot about where bucks like to travel and where they like to kill time. So I'm looking for a staging area with a ton of random rubs in it right now. And I found a few of those places. So, 
as soon as I get the chance, which will probably be about Thursday, I'm going to go back in and start hunting some of that sign I found this past weekend. Um, get right on top of it and hope to catch those bucks, you know, moving in the cover. Sure, and, and going forward, say you were going to be hunting these next, you know, 10 days or so, what would you expect on a scale of 1 to 10 for the buck activity to be then? Well, you know, it's going to get better here. I would say, you know, within the next few days, we're, we're kind of stuck in a, you know, warm weather holding pattern, so it's going to stay pretty consistent at maybe a 5 or a 6. But, you know, as we push on here a week down the road and, you know, 10 days down the road, it's going to get better. I mean, we'll be... We'll, we'll be pushing up on uh, Halloween, and it's going to get good, you know, seven or eight, I'm sure. Um, so that's that's pretty exciting. All right, Tony. Well, I'll be hoping that a cold front rolls through for you, and you can get back in the woods. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time. We'll connect again in a couple weeks. And joining us on the line now is Haynes Shelton, Associate Editor for North American Whitetail. Now, Haynes, I know you were just hunting uh, – in your home state of North Carolina and targeting a big buck. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, what would you say the buck activity was while you were there? Oh, well, I would say, you know, buck activity is still relatively low during daylight hours. You know, I was fortunate enough that I, I saw the buck I've been after on Saturday evening during daylight, during shooting hours, you know, so that's a major plus. Um, but other than yesterday afternoon, all the buck activity I've had has been on trail camera and it's all been nocturnal, but you know, I am getting regular movement. So I would say four to five on a scale of one to 10, you know, the bucks are moving, but like I said, I'm not getting, I'm not getting any consistency on my buck movement during daylight hours yet. Sure. So I, I just talked to Tony Peterson from Minnesota, and he told me that up there it's like a five, um, you know, right now. And and so it's pretty incredible. It's the same thing down there. Is, is that typical for this time of year? Is that what you'd expect to see is a lot of nocturnal movement? Sure. I would say yes. You know, we're hunting uh, in Davie County, North Carolina. You know, it's Piedmont area, central North Carolina. Um, and I've hunted there you know, since I was a little kid, you know, I grew up on there and I'm really familiar with kind of what those deer do. And, you know, it can be largely weather dependent, but we traditionally have an extremely good uh, muzzleloader season that comes in that first week of November. You know, you can almost always bank on that November muzzleloader being really good for rut activity, usually by that part of the year. You know, the bucks have really started rubbing good. Uh, they've laid down a lot of scrapes. And, uh, you know, you're starting to see them chase a bunch of does. You know, that's when it's really on fire. Um, as far as bow hunting up until there, you know, kind of that point in time we're in right now, uh, I've killed deer. You know, I've killed big bucks during this time. Uh, but it's a lot harder, you know. You can kill them on scrapes. You know, you can go out and put down some mock scrapes, and you can get some bucks coming in to check them. But I've never killed them screaming hot rut during this time. It's still still a little early, you know, at least a week or two early, I'd say. Sure. And so with, with the hurricane that just moved through that area, um, did you notice a, a change in deer behavior during that time? And do you think that'll have any repercussions going forward or, or right now? Yes, you know, I did notice uh, 
I did notice some some really cool things going on with that hurricane, and that's the reason I went back home uh, to hunt this weekend or this past weekend. You know, that's a long drive from Georgia, and, you know, I'm really not going to make it unless I think it's a good shot. But with the hurricane that came in last week, you know, checking my trail cameras, I saw, you know, really great deer movement and excellent buck movement. We actually had three um, new bucks come in on camera that we have not had a photo of all year. And we ran cameras all summer. You know, we've got these deer patterned and, you know, we've got a great feel for what bucks are in our area. So when I checked cameras two weeks ago and, and saw all of a sudden these three new bucks that were all good big bucks and, you know, two of them were solid shooters. Um, you know, I think that hurricane, what it did was it probably, you know, had the bucks hunkered down, had all the deer hunkered down while it was happening. We had two or three inches of rain, you know, in, in one evening and then again the next day. And I think after the storm rolled out, I think it got the deer on their feet and got them out to feed. You know, we had a big high pressure front, which is typical on the backside of one of those storms. And, you know, it was good. You know, we had a lot of deer on camera, but once again, still primarily nocturnal. You know, that's really, that's the kicker is you don't know if these deer are going to get out during daylight or, you know, during legal shooting time, because they're almost always moving right on the cusp of that, you know, right, right at dark. Sure. And, and going forward, I mean, do you think that'll change here in the next 10 days? You know, what, what would you say on a scale of one to 10, that buck activity is going to be in, in North Carolina. Oh yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think in the next week, you know, it could get a lot better, especially depending on the weather. You know, if you get a, if you're lucky enough to get a good cold front coming in on the backside of October, you know, you can really do some good because those, you know, those big mature bucks are going to get revved up. They want to be the first ones to lay down the scrapes, man. They're going to hit their rubs. And, you know, they're going to start cruising and kind of getting ready to start finding those does. They just get fired up, you know. I'd say the next week it could be a lot better. Next two weeks it could be awesome. You know, just hopefully we'll get some good weather, man. We can get one killed. Sure. All right, Haynes. Well, I'll be following along at North American Whitetail, and I, I hope to see you with uh, that big eight-point in your hands. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's good talking to you, Spencer. Joining me on the line now is Justin Zarr, general manager of bowhunting.com. Great forum, great blog. Check it out, guys. So, Justin, I know you've been hunting in Illinois lately. What do you got to yep. tell me? What's the activity been like on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'd say maybe a 2, <laughs> at least in the areas that myself and most of my guys uh, have been hunting here lately. It's been pretty slow. So that's devastatingly low. Uh, what what factors are contributing to that, you know, terrible activity? Um, my best guess is probably going to be weather. You know, it's been unseasonably warm. I think throughout probably most of the country, I know definitely here in the Midwest for sure, this warm weather has certainly, you know, kept the buck movement subdued. We've had a few little cold fronts that have pushed through, and I don't even know if you'd call them cold fronts or more like cool fronts that came through and, you know, we'd see a little bit of buck activity. Um, but I mean, today it's almost 80 degrees here and, you know, buck activity is pretty much down to zero from what I'm seeing. Sure. And you're, uh, you know, getting that information from, from your hunts or from your trail cameras or what are you seeing out there? 
Sure. I mean, I'd say a combination of things. You know, my hunts personally, um, pretty much just, you know, all doe activity, doe sightings during the daylight. Um, trail cameras, you know, obviously is a big thing. We run a lot of cellular cameras, uh, you know, myself and some of the guys that I hunt with. Um, so, I mean, between the five or six cell cameras that we've got out, um, I'm not sure we've had a daytime picture of a, a shootable buck, you know, on his feet in probably a couple of weeks now. Um, and then you can just look through our forum, you know, see what guys are doing on the forum. And, you know, you see a deer here and there getting getting shot, but, you know, nothing with any sort of real regularity, it seems like. Sure. So what is your hunting tactics been then lately with, uh, you know, that terrible movement? Have you been aggressive <laughs> at all? You know, I haven't been super aggressive yet. You know, I'm kind of just going to wait, um, you know, another week or two here. We'll start getting real aggressive with them but you know with these warm temperatures i mean unless you're right on top of one uh, or you've got some areas and maybe that are super super low pressured um, it's going to be hard to get you know get them on their feet and and get a shot at them so we're kind of staying out of some of our better areas uh, most of our evening hunts have been over some sort of green food source uh, you know one of my pro staff guys actually shot a real nice buck here uh, over the weekend saturday evening here in northwest illinois uh, that deer just hammered a mock scrape uh, and then stepped out into one of his green food plots before he shot him. So definitely doable. You could kill him. Um, just a hard thing to do right now. Right. So what about other deer sign? Are you seeing a lot of uh, scrapes up right now? Yeah, scrape activity is definitely starting to pick up. You know, we're starting to transition a lot of our trail cameras over onto some of those scrapes, you know, to try to monitor that buck activity. And they're definitely hitting them. Um, I'd say almost on a daily basis, the scrapes are getting hit right now, but seems like most of that activity is still after dark. Sure. So do you think there's any information you've gathered from this last week or so that would, you know, help you kill a buck in these coming days? Or is it just that tough right now that you don't think so? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've gathered any information that I didn't already know um, about most of the deer that I'm hunting. If anything, you know, the few trips out to the field and the trail cameras have just confirmed what I kind of thought was going, which is, you know, movement's going to be a little slow, but Again, we got another front pushing through here in a couple of days. And, you know, as we get further into October, even if these fronts aren't quite as cold as we want them to be, uh, I definitely think they're going to be more effective at getting these bucks up on their feet. So, you know, over the next seven to 10 days, I, I would imagine we start seeing uh, people harvesting bigger deer on probably a more regular basis. Right. I mean, it, it sounds like it just, uh, you know, pretty much can't get any worse than it is right now. So. <laughs> Man, it's been brutal. I got to be honest with you. It's been been pretty tough you know most of my sit seeing some younger deer year and a half two and a half you know a lot of does hitting the hitting the food before dark but the bigger deer just don't seem like they're moving a ton right now and so going forward uh you know like in these next 10 days what do you think the buck activity would be then uh on a scale of one to ten is it going to be pretty low yet or uh do you think i got to imagine where it's going to start picking up i mean just given the time of the year you know we got another front pushing through later this week so i mean that's got to ramp up to a five or six at the very least, you know, maybe even a seven, you know, hopefully, you know, the evening hunts really start to pick up, um, you know, front pushes through, we got some high pressure on the backside. Temperatures are going to be down probably 20, 25 degrees from where they're at right now. Um, so yeah, we should hopefully start seeing some deer on their feet. Right on. Well, I'll be hoping for a cold front for you, Justin. <laughs> Not just for me, for everybody. Right. So thanks for your awesome. time, Justin. We'll connect no again problem. soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Spencer. And joining me on the phone now is associate editor for Realtree.com, Josh Honeycutt. Josh, uh, I've seen the pictures of uh, one of your recent hunts in Kentucky. 
why don't you tell me about what the buck activity has been there on a scale of one to ten, and uh, a little bit about the the pictures you sent me. I would say probably a six to a seven. Um, you know, last week I shot the deer last Thursday afternoon um, there in South Central Kentucky, and uh, we're, it was, we're kind of moving into that period. A lot of people like to refer to as the October October lull, which is is actually one of deer hunting's biggest, uh, uh, largest misinterpretations in all of deer hunting. Um, it's actually just a shift in 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 how the deer behave and what the where they go it's a big shift in food sources and keying on that is, is pretty much how I, I relocated the deer uh that i shot last week um you know they're shifting off of those ag fields those soybean fields and they're they're hitting the mass crops hard right now uh we've had a big the biggest acorn crop um, that we've ever had, at least in in recent years that I can remember. And so the deer hunting is going to be tough uh, from, from here on out. It's going to be a little bit tougher than it usually is because the deer aren't going to have to move much. Uh, you know, they're pretty much going to get out of their beds and they're going to move very little to get to where they're going to feed, especially right whenever they get up because um, they just don't have to move as far. Um, and, and, and for the field hunters, it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, because the deer just aren't going to make it to the fields uh, until after dark. So uh, I'd say last week we had that cold snap around uh, Thursday, Friday, and, and that's whenever I was able to get on that deer that I shot. I'd set up uh, right off the edge of a bedding area in a grown-up thicket area a lot of grasses and a lot of brush and the deer is just feeding through that uh eating acorns and uh you know i'd say last week like i said it was probably a, a six to a seven maybe five depending on on what day it was but I, I was hunting right there on that cold front and that's what had the deer up on their feet uh, last week and so how confident were you going into that hunt did you have a pretty good idea of, of what this buck was doing well, I had a pretty good idea. He'd been uh, hitting my trail cameras at, at night because I had my trail cameras right off the, the edge of a green uh, soybean field, but but he wasn't making it to them in daylight because that's about the time those acorns started dropping, hitting the ground pretty hard. So he was getting up out of his bed. He was feeding on uh, acorns, acorns, however you want to say that, depending on what part of the country you're in. Uh, but, uh, he was feeding through, he was feeding through there, but he wasn't making it out. So I had to kind of get back off of those, uh, the, the, the green soybean fields, you know, I got to back further away from those and, uh, get closer to, of course, they weren't green at that time. They had the leaves that started dropping and stuff like that. But, you know, those deer will feed on those, at least where I hunt, I've seen the deer hit those even after those leaves start to fall off, you know, but there comes a time whenever those, those beans they just they aren't hitting them like they were so they were still going toward those fields not like they were back in september obviously in august but they were feeding mostly on acorns so i had to back further away from the field edges back further away from the green food plot which i had positioned between those soybean fields and the bedding area and get closer to those acorns and uh so yeah i had an idea of what they were doing i had an idea of how i needed to change my tactics uh, based on what the deer were doing and where they were going and how they were using the land. Uh, I didn't know if I'd see the deer or not. Of course, you just you never know how things will pan out. But but he did uh, he did slip up. That cold front had him up on his feet a little bit earlier than normal. I shot the deer about 45 minutes uh, before the end of legal shooting light, which is pretty rare for 
uh, middle of October to see a deer on its feet like that. But I just had to get close to his bedding area, and I'd say I was within about 100 to 150 yards of where he was laying down at. And so going forward, do you think those field hunters uh, could find success here again shortly, or, or is that time of the year uh, pretty much over with and you should be hunting a, a little bit of that thicker stuff like you were? Well, it just depends. Every place is going to be different. That's a hard question to ask because everybody hunts different places with different terrain. I mean, obviously, they're going to be off those soybeans now because they're, the beans haven't quite ripened up yet. You know, it's not the soybeans aren't in a stage really where where uh, the deer are hitting them hard. And actually, a lot of the farmers are coming in and starting to harvest those uh, soybeans. And, of course, most all the corn's out by now. But uh it's possible to hunt on the edge of a ag field that's, uh, that's that's near harvest or has already been harvested and find success, but it's going to be a whole lot more productive if you back off of those fields and you kind of get in somewhere where it's in a staging area where the deer are kind of staging before they head out into the big ag fields or into the big food plots that you've planted or whatever the case. Um, I, for me, at least for the next two weeks prior to the rut, before you start hit, you know, hunting your traditional rut stand locations, um, for the next two weeks, you know, through the to the end, until the end of October, at least the last few days of October, I would back off and try to figure out if you've got a deer on camera, figure out where his core area is, figure out where he's bedding, and I would set up between where that deer is bedding and the best uh, mass crop that you've got available where you hunt because that for now that's where those deer are going to be going to and so on a scale of one to ten uh going forward what do you think uh, that buck activity will be well i mean based on the science it should only increase and that's kind of going back to the october law i mentioned earlier that it's, it's one of the biggest misinterpretations in all of deer hunting there's plenty of, of data and research out there that biologists have conducted that shows that the deer activity, both buck and doe activity, only increases from summertime all the way through September, October, and into the rut. Uh, that's daylight activity, too. The, the biggest thing is that a lot of times those hunters don't transition with the deer as they transition from food source to food source, and so that lack of sighting, uh, lack of activity, is just because the hunters aren't set up in the right places. But based on the size that it should only get better uh, because the daylight movement with the white tailed deer only increases as, as, as we progress through October. Um, it obviously you've got to look at other things too, like weather temperature and uh, it's hot right now, but it's very hot right here in, in Kentucky right now. It's warm. It's, you know, record highs this week. So, but we've, it's supposed to cool off again toward the end of the week around Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So as we move deeper into this week and get closer to the weekend, if you're hunting that cold front, you should see a spike and increase in daylight activity. Because even though even though that daylight activity and deer activity increases through the month of October, that hot weather ha- does have the ability to suppress that daylight movement. So yeah, I, I wouldn't hunt if you've only got a couple of days to hunt this week. I wouldn't hunt you know early this week. I wouldn't hunt middle of the week. I'd hunt around. I'd wait till that cold front hits uh, toward the latter half of this week, moving into the weekend. Right on. Well, I, I think everybody's getting more excited, uh, you know, as we get closer to November. But uh, you got it done early, and uh, congrats on the buck, Josh. Thank you. And finally, joining us on the phone is Trent Siegel, Heartland Bow Hunter team member. Now, Trent just shot a buck that broke the internet. If you haven't seen it yet, go to Heartland Bow Hunter's Facebook page and check it out. Uh, it scored 224, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Man, it was uh, it's a buck I've had on camera for the last few years. Uh, actually, just kind of sporadically, he showed up late season last year after I'd already filled my Kansas tag and um, just put some more cameras up trying to figure him out. Uh, put a lot more up this summer and got him. I was getting him about once a month or once every three weeks, um, and then came out and he just was everywhere on all the cameras I had um, and then actually we it was last Friday um, the Friday before I, I shot him on a Wednesday the Friday before I hunted we didn't see him and then he was out in daylight uh, Saturday and Sunday on um, some scrapes uh, and so the wind was right on Wednesday and we had a just a high pressure uh, the pressure was rising we had a cold front come through the temperature dropped 20 degrees from Tuesday and like man we got to get out there and sure enough he came out um, we watched him hit three scrapes uh, out in front of us and we had some little bucks bumping some does just kind of you know how they are trying to see if any of the does are ready and um, he was making scrapes and came into 20 yards and shot him and he went about 60 yards and piled up just an incredible hunt well, that's awesome, but how about overall in Kansas right now in your area? What would you say the buck activity is on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, as far as activity, I, I would say, I mean, we're probably at a 7. I mean, the bucks are really starting to move around, and a lot of it has to do with um, some of these cold weather systems that are pushing out, and then all the crops are finally getting out, so they're they're getting a little more concentrated started to see a lot more activity on, on the trail cameras. And so how confident were you going into that hunt, uh, you know, with that buck Mufasa? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound bad, but I mean, I, I mean, I was a hundred percent confident. It was, it was a weird feeling that day. Um, I told, I told my wife, it, it was the second, the second day where I've, that I knew was going to be the best day of my life where I could kind of see into the future. I told her that morning, uh, it felt like our wedding day. I just knew it was going to be one of the best days of my life and I could see everything happening before it. I just, everything we, you know, we had a rising moon, we had the weather system pushing down and the pressure was rising. Um, it was like 30.3 that day. So it was just, everything was lining up where we were going to see a bunch of deer and sure enough, uh, we saw him and, I uh, actually, I actually grunted him in. Um, I grunted at him because the second scrape he made, he started to turn away and walk away from us. And I was like, well, I don't know really what else to do. I mean, we have a 200-inch whitetail in front of us. And beginning kind of the first part of October, I've never grunted at a buck in October, but I've never had that big one out in front of me either. And so I had to dig my grunt call out of my bag and grunted at him. And I mean, just instantly he snort weeds right back at me. And so I snort weeds to him and then he, uh, about a minute or two later, he, he came on in and made a scrape, like I said, at 20 yards. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's a complete change of pace from the other guys I've talked to, you know, Minnesota, Illinois, uh, North Carolina. They were all reporting, you know, really uh, a, a lack of, of deer activity right now. And so would you say this is typical for your area this time of year? I mean, is this something you could expect to happen again next year or the year after? Yeah, I, from what I've seen in the past, and yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that harvest moon um, and we start getting crops out in some of those cooler nights, it really, 
um, the buck activity really starts to pick up, and I start to get a lot more new bucks. Or, I mean, it's bucks I've had in the previous years, but they won't show up until, you know, October, November, so I start picking up those bucks um, that don't summer on some of the properties I hunt. I start picking them up this time of year, and, uh, so it is an exciting time. Uh, checking cameras and stuff like that and getting out in the stands. I mean, like I said, there, there was bucks, little bucks grunting and trying to, they were bumping some does out in the field the other night. So. Sure, and, and going forward, do you think it's only going to get better? I mean, what would you say that, that deer activity level is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 for like these next 10 days? The next 10 days, I don't know. Here we have a, it's heating back up here. I mean, I, I would say it's probably going to stay the same, I mean, for the next 10 days. But, I mean, then after that, it's it's only going to get better. I mean, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm ecstatic. I shot a 220 tail, but at the same time, I'm like bummed because I don't have a tag here um, in Kansas anymore left to go hunt the rut. I mean, the rut is, the rut is just magical here. I mean, to watch, you never know what's going to come chasing under your stand or anything like that, but... Um, and I mean, we're only just, you know, less than two weeks away, really, from that kicking off, getting wild. Sure. Well, congrats on the, the deer of a lifetime, Trent, and uh, we'll look for the footage. Uh, you got it on footage, right? Yes, we did. We did. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be watching for that. So thanks again, and congrats on the kill. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. And that wraps up our very first episode of the Wire to Hunt miniseries, Rut Radio. Thanks to Tony, Haynes, Justin, Josh, and Trent for providing the reports. And you can follow Wire to Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spencer Newarth. We'll talk to you guys next week, and thanks for listening. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor-resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, All of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com.